Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Good morning, everybody. It's lovely uh, to see uh, those of you who are here um, in church with us this morning and a huge welcome to you all. Um, and great to know that there are so many more um, on our live stream. Um, we're looking forward to an absolutely fantastic day um, today. Um, Christmas is coming. Yeah, I know at least three or four of you will be excited about that. Um, the rest of you, I don't know. Uh, you can tell Christmas is coming. Uh, the Christmas jumpers are coming out. Um, and it's getting... Nice, Adam, nice. Um, and you can... Uh, we're going to have an absolutely fantastic day. I know um, during this afternoon, um, our uh, children's Christmas party is happening. Is, it, is that 4 p.m.? Am I saying the wrong time? It's 3 p.m. Thank you, Grace. 3 p.m. And if you've not got the details of that, then, then let us know, and we'd love to help you get connected with that. And then this evening, uh, we have our carol celebration. As you know, we relocated it back into the building, uh, but we're going to have an awful lot of fun. I want to say, if you're going to be here in the building or if you're on the live stream, we want you to be ready to have fun. And because Pastor Greg is a bit, you know, particular, I'm going to tell you now how to have fun. Um, are you okay with that? Uh, no. Wear your Christmas jumpers, uh, wear your hats or your antlers or whatever. Please wear some Christmas socks. Is everyone all right with that? Will you wear some Christmas socks? All will become clear later. Uh, you're all freaking out now. It's going to be great. Um, bring your jingle bells and all these kinds of things. We're going to have an awful lot of fun here um, this evening. That's at 6.30. It is sold out now um, for in the building attendance, but we will be live streaming as well uh, for those of you who can't be with us in, in the building. Of course, you might know already, but Christmas services, they're going to be available online as well. We want you uh, to cuddle up on your couch at home 5 p.m., 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and then 10.30 a.m. on Christmas Day morning. Be there with your little eggnog latte or whatever it might be, and, um, and, and just make yourself comfy and at home and get ready to celebrate that Jesus Christ has come. Does anybody want to celebrate that? 
We're going to have a great deal of fun at Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and uh, all from the comfort of our, of our own home. So we're going to have an awful lot of fun. You might know as well that over this Christmas season, we've been doing something that we've been calling Love Christmas, and that is to really celebrate what it means for Jesus to come into our world. Does anybody know that that means love, joy, and peace, and hope, and justice, and goodness, and grace, and kindness? I'm going to be quiet, otherwise we'll be here in an hour's time, but all of these things. And so we're we're preparing this week to be loving some of the the seniors, both in our care home and around and about, uh, with some baking and some uh, and some card writing. If you've not yet connected to be, as it were, Santa for a senior, we do have some seniors who need you. Um, so, and you might say, but I can't bake. Well, we'll find a baker. Could you write a card? That would be absolutely fantastic. And we're going to be doing that this week, and we're going to be letting you know about a really great gift that we're going to be making to the care home as well at Christmas time. And of course, we've been blessing loads of families. We packed 100 hampers, and we've had had, I think, about 300 different packs, activity packs and bags of hope, and they've been going out through this week. They're going out, actually, as we speak right now, Um, and if you'd love to be a part of distributing them, then again, let us know. We're blessing people and helping people to know that Jesus has come. What that means is he loves them, and he makes a difference in our lives. And so I would invite you here in the building, if you're here, would you stand with me at home? Uh, Perhaps you stand with me as well. And we're just going to pray as we come into worship now with God. We remind ourselves that, you know, that first coming of Jesus into our world, the angel came to a young lady named Mary, said she was most highly favored. She was wonderful, wasn't she? And having heard all that God was going to do, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. And she was saying everything that God is planning to do. It's, 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 a, it's world-shaking and it's, it's going to turn my life upside down, but I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. This morning, we're talking about the ways that we can serve. And you, you might know, in addition to, to, to what we can practically do, we're inviting you to financially contribute to Love Christmas. You might say, look, I, I don't have anything. You know, I, I feel worried. I, I feel like I'm you know, in different kind of trouble or whatever. Well, Matthew 6 says this, and this is how Jesus came into our world. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. We want to embrace that truth in our lives. This is what Advent means. This is what Christmas means. Jesus knows us. He sees us. He comes to us so that we might go to those around us. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, our prayer this morning would be, we are the Lord's servants. Let it be to us as you have said. God, might we extend that prayer and say, let it be through us as you have said that your kingdom might come in a world in need. That through us, Lord Jesus, may glad in you, satisfied in you, Lord Jesus, we might really and truly, significantly, lastingly make a difference in the lives of those around us. God, let that be the marker of this Christmas. That, Lord Jesus Christ, this Christmas would not be signified by what we feel we have lost, but this Christmas would be marked by what we know we have gained in you, Jesus, and for your glory. Amen. Isn't he good? Isn't it 
good to be able to worship him. Would you like to take your seats? It's lovely to have you here in church and also online. Now, if you haven't had the memo, Christmas is coming. Five more sleeps. Is everybody ready? Who said yes? Who said yes in here that they're ready? You can come round to my house and wrap my presents then. None of them have started yet. I haven't started wrapping them yet. But of course, Christmas is coming. It's an exciting season, isn't it? It's, we're all about looking forward to what is going to come. So, of course, we've been looking at Advent. We've looked at hope. We've looked at peace. And we've looked at joy. And this morning, we're going to be looking at love. Okay, so if we ask our members of our family, how much do you love me? How do they respond? You can maybe turn around and say, how much do you love me? Do they respond that much? Maybe a little bit more? I know when I was a child, if a parent said to me, how much do you love me? Don't you, children, do you go like this and start stretching and stretching and stretching and stretching and say, I love you this much? and even more and beyond. Of course, Christmas is about love, isn't it? It's about fun. It's about food. Have you got your turkeys? Are they there? Have you got your sprouts? Good. <laughs> We've got no, We've got some sprouts there. Okay. It's about presents. It's about food. It's about family. But of course, the real reason of Christmas is love. Because God loves every one of us. Now, 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God is love, so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God is love. So the question this morning is how much does God love you? How big is God's love? Now, do you reckon it's about this big? Do you reckon? So what we're going to see is how big is God's love? Because nobody here is perfect. Sorry to burst the bubble. Okay? You might think you might be Mary Poppins 99% of the time, but none of us are perfect. We make mistakes. Let's see if I can get this working. So, even when we make mistakes, does God love us this much? Do you reckon? Or do you think he loves us more? Loves us more? Now, that's pretty big love, isn't it? That is pretty big love. But do you think he even loves you even more than that? I'm going to stay away from these candles. Hold on, we're going that way, down. Okay, do you think he loves even more than that? Yeah, we're going to have to go across the stage here. You see, God loves us so much, doesn't he? That his love is never 
ending. It goes on and on and on. And this will keep on stretching and stretching, but I don't think I've got the size of the stage on there. But I want to encourage you this morning to think about God's love is unconditional. He loves you no matter what, and he loves you, okay, forever and eternity. Ephesians 3, 17 says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How amazing. Turn to somebody next to you maybe and just say, God loves you. Maybe if you're at home, give somebody a hug, okay, or a high five and say, God loves you. And as we think about love, this morning is a special morning because this morning I want to actually acknowledge and recognize somebody that's here in the building this morning, somebody who has served our church for over 35 years, has only had two years off for having children, okay, over 35 years, has served in our children's ministry nonstop, has touched, I don't know, hundreds of lives, taught Pastor Greg and survived, and taught many, many other people. So I'm going to ask Liz to come forward, because Liz... Liz has served so faithfully that she, we talked, stay there, I haven't finished yet, you can't just go. She served so faithfully that she's actually retiring from the children's ministry at the end of this year. And tell you what, Liz, you just rely on you totally. Thank you for your support, for your love, you know, for the messages that are sent not only to myself, but to all the children and to the families over the 35, 37 years it's been. You're going to be sorely missed, but God's going to use you, continue to use you in greater things as well. We know behind the scenes you do so much for this church as well. And we love you. Okay, we just want to thank you for everything that you've done. There we go. Wonderful. I'm just going to move this tree. And then Pastor Greg is, uh, Pastor Paul's coming up. We're on a journey with a microphone. Life in the Spirit is today. Last week, we saw Jesus teaching his disciples and followers to make disciples. And we're all called, every one of us, to make disciples, but you're not on your own. You're not being sent out to do a job without the equipment. You're not being sent on a journey without a map. You're not on your own. And it is not sufficient to say, oh, I know that Jesus is with me. That's great. And God oversees everything up there. He loves me and that's great. But the Bible is absolutely clear that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that is the wonderful thing this morning we're talking about, how the Holy Spirit came 
how the Holy Spirit transforms, how the Holy Spirit empowers, how the Holy Spirit makes you into a new, a major, different person. And we're talking so much today about life in the Spirit. Now, sometimes we do feel it's you. You shall go and do this. You shall go and do that. But it isn't at all when you understand the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We shall. We shall. God, the Holy Spirit, is with you. Now, I'm sure that you all are aware of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I'm also sure that you have at some point read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, that on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together with one accord in one place, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and it appeared that there were resting on them cloven tongues of fire. Then they all began to speak with other languages, speak with tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. I'm sure you all know about these things. That's a lovely story. That's, that's great. I wonder if you go on a little bit into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I think it's verse 8, where the apostle Paul, who had been on a journey, he came to a point of being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, and there he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, I speak with tongues more than you all. And so we can see that this incredible thing that happened at the beginning and the birth of the church continued, and it continues to today. The roots are the same for you and me, just as Paul came later, but still tapped into that same root and was filled with that wonderful and same Holy Spirit. So you, 2,000 years later, are connecting with the same root, Jesus and you too can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowering you, changing you, transforming you, will make you into a new person. So let's just have a look for a moment at the work of the Holy Spirit. Because he doesn't just come to empower you, but it starts when he opens your eyes. It was the Holy Spirit that opened your eyes so you could see your need of Jesus, your need of forgiveness, your need of salvation. He opened your eyes to see Jesus. Then he opened your heart to receive the wonder and the fullness of salvation through Jesus. He then opened your life to receive his power and his direction, in fact, his plan for your life. We all know that lovely scripture, don't we? I know the plans you, I have for you, says the Lord. God has a plan for you. And it includes the Holy Spirit. You're not on your own. You are called to live in the plan of God. You are called to be filled with the power of God. You are called to fulfill the purposes of God. And then you can and you will make disciples. I suspect that loads of people here this morning have got a story to tell about when they met Jesus, and he became their savior. If you haven't, I'm sure Pastor Greg would love to talk to you afterwards. I'm sure there are a lot of people here who will remember when they asked the Holy Spirit to fill them, 
and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you most probably did speak with tongues. And that story, that experience, that moment was precious and is precious. And if you've never received the Holy Spirit and you've never invited the Holy Spirit to come into your life, I would suggest you do because you will have a new chapter beginning. I remember as a child listening in church, as a lot of our children do, to other people talking in the heavenly languages, in tongues. And I thought, oh, that's good. Oh, that's interesting. And I would actually try to guess whether they were talking in French or German or Italian or Spanish. And, and sometimes they were speaking words which were really different. I think, well, that's got to be Russian. Perhaps it's Chinese. And then one day, being a naughty boy as well as a good boy, I sat there and thought, well, it's all Greek to me. Latin, Greek, ancient, I wondered. And then one day, in a prayer meeting, I was talking to Jesus. I was eight years old. I didn't know very much. I still don't. But I do know this. When I was talking to Jesus, I suddenly saw him with my mind's eye. I saw him loving me. I saw him dying for me. I saw his tremendous love working in my life now, even as a little man. And as I was telling Jesus how much I loved him, and as I was just repeating his name over and over again, I don't know, maybe a thousand times over and over, Jesus, 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 I suddenly realized that it wasn't the word Jesus I was using anymore. I was speaking in a language which I had never learned. I had a gift. It was given to me. Eight years old. Didn't understand how many beans made five. But I want to tell you something. Within a matter of two months, I'd led a whole family to Jesus. And the Bonner family, who lived just three doors away, one after another, Elsie, then Arthur, then mum, then dad, all came to know Jesus because an eight-year-old little boy had been filled with the Holy Spirit. He was changed. He had a power he didn't know he got. He just followed Jesus. He went where Jesus led him. He did what Jesus told him to do. And at eight years old, I was making disciples. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. You can become a miracle transformation that leads others to their miracle transformation. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become God's disciples, Making disciples. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. Are you getting the message here? You're not on your own. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And you got that in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. And as the worship group come back, I want you just to spend a few minutes during the song meditating on this fact. Have I received Jesus? Yes. My sins are washed away. Yes. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes. I'm going to heaven. Yes. More, more. You can come to the upper room today. You can come to that upper room. You can join the 120. You can tap into the same truths. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can speak with other tongues. You can know the empowering of God. You can know 
what you don't know. And you can trust what you have not yet experienced. You are on a journey. It comes from the same root, from the same place. And it's been there for 2,000 years. And the Holy Spirit is the same today. The Holy Spirit wants to give a revival spark in your life today. And that revival spark in your life today will cause you to be the spark of revival. And when COVID is gone and the coronavirus is history, you'll be so on fire, you'll be ready to set your street on fire. You'll be ready to set your community on fire. You'll be ready to do things for God. And whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, it doesn't matter. God has a plan for every one of you. And the plans of God are amazing and beyond our understanding. Come on. The Holy Spirit is with you. You're not alone. God is with you. God is with you. The positivity. And then there's this lovely positivity of you shall. You shall. Acts 1.8. You shall. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Anybody excited about that? All need a bit more power, don't we? Oh, please, Father. Uh, But I want to take you for a moment into Acts chapter 16. We're just going to read three verses. And uh, it's Acts 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick, and people will get well. I do love that piece of the Bible. It's been a joy to my heart, because I know that when the Holy Spirit begins to move, he pours into your life gifts. And we're not talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning, but one of those gifts is the gift of healings. Oh, that's wonderful to see. When the blind receive their sight, that is amazing. When the deaf hear and the dumb speak, that is fantastic. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. And I I would love to tell you a hundred stories this morning about the wonders of miracles and healings that have happened over a long life. But I have to tell you, everything that I have experienced, you can experience more. Because God is with you. God is calling you into your anointing. You into your appointment with him. You into that ministry and service which is so special. God is with you. Get excited this morning because the true story of your life is the the story of the promise. The promise is clear. The reality for the disciples in the upper room, everything became a reality. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They couldn't stop. They were empowered. They went out. They went into the temple precincts. Everything was overflowing. It was a reality. And then the Bible makes it clear it's your turn. Your turn. It doesn't stop with the disciples. It doesn't stop with the early church. It's for now. Now. You are part of the now of God because God hasn't stopped having a now. Do you understand that? 
You're special in the now of God. God's got something for you. The Spirit lived and the Spirit longs to fill you in such a way that you live. Then you will have this Spirit-filled life. When Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was changed. He went out and he stood up and he preached his first sermon. And 3,000 men were born again. I wouldn't mind preaching that sermon. Would you? Wow. The disciples were transformed. The weak, Thomas, became strong. Others had their own personal experience. But it didn't stop there. Because they were changed, others were changed also. And as they were changed, they did things which were way outside of their normal comfort zone. They sold all their possessions. That's a shock, isn't it? They placed it at the feet of the disciples. That's a big thing to do. And they trusted God. And they were saying, I don't need this world as much as I need my Father, my Savior, and the Holy Spirit. They were transforming their priorities from I want to I'm willing to give. I will take to I will share. There was a transformation going on. And the disciples saw that transformation in the lives of the people. They lived there all for Jesus. Paul, he continued to live the Spirit-filled life. He came in later. Same Holy Spirit. He came in later. He still did the same miracles. He came in later. He preached the same sermons, planted churches throughout uh, Asia Minor. He was touched. He was transformed. He was filled with the Holy Spirit that brought him to the plan of God for his life. He was this amazing evangelist, amazing church planter. And if you've read through the New Testament, amazing writer. God knows where you fit in. You today may not even know you fit in. You may be questioning whether you fit in. You may be asking the question, where am I going? What should I do? But God has the answers. And as you connect with the Holy Spirit and are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be led by the Spirit. And you will then start and then continue to live the Spirit-filled life. And the Spirit-filled life, I want to tell you, it was contagious. It was contagious. When the people heard the, on the day of Pentecost, all those people speaking with tongues, Peter stood up and said, these are not drunk as you suppose. The people saw they were different. They got something different. They're having a good time. They're having a good time. Well, I want to tell you, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's better than a bottle of whiskey. And I don't even like whiskey. So we better find something I do like. But it's better than anything that you like. It's the best. It's the best. And when the Spirit fills you and overflows you, it is contagious. It touches the people around you. It becomes infectious in a positive way. It is amazing. And Paul, 
with this contagion of love, with this incredible and contagious and vivacious filling of the Holy Spirit, he connected with people. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy. You read the New Testament. He never stayed on his own. He was impacting other people. He was loving and caring and sharing and teaching and guiding other people. He was discipling and they were discipling. And so it became this wonderful chain reaction because the Holy Spirit was in Paul. The Holy Spirit was in Barnabas. The Holy Spirit was in Silas. The Holy Spirit was in Timothy. The Holy Spirit is in you. Get excited. You're allowed. Now, when Paul ended up in Rome, we are told right at the end of his life, that he still didn't stop talking about Jesus. Do you know why? Because he couldn't. He couldn't. You know, it's a love story. And sometimes a love story is worth sharing. There's a lady in our church, and she's in her 80s now. And she and her husband were very happily married for a very long time, and he passed away some years ago. But when she talks about him, she says, oh, my David. And she talks about David in such a way. The love still flows. It's a lovely thing to hear. A lovely thing to see. I want to tell you something. Love is amazing. And the love of Jesus in you is amazing. And if you're truly in love with Jesus, you can't keep it in. You've got to let it out. If you are truly in love with Jesus, you will talk about Jesus in the same way that this dear lady talks about her husband gone to be with Jesus. And, and you will just be able to just let it fly. And it's a natural thing. It's not something you have to think about. The river doesn't think about flowing, it flows. The spring doesn't think about springing up, it springs. Even a volcano when it erupts doesn't think about, shall I, will I? No, there is an explosion happening deep down. It bubbles up and then it bursts out. And I was looking at a, a thing the other day, and it's 300 meters into the air. Wow, yeah. Wouldn't you love the, your love for Jesus to explode so incredibly that people around you went, whoa! Huh? That's all right then. You can catch it. And you can shine it. Because God is with you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit is ready to do something amazing in you. Now, I can't really take all the time I would like today because these services are slightly shorter. So I'm going to just share something with you before I close, which could be life-transforming to you, should be life-transforming to you, and will be a guide in your life if you will adopt it. It's the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians has a template written through it that's all about the Holy Spirit. 
It's what the Holy Spirit can do and what the Holy Spirit will do. And if you will adopt these scriptures and allow them to get right inside you and take them away and meditate on them, think about them, pray over them, these words, these scriptures will guide your life. They will change your thinking. They will empower your walk. They will allow you to be discipled by God himself. And you then can share and disciple others. Let's just go through it quickly. In the next five minutes, I'm taking you on a long journey. So get your pen ready. They may come up on the screen. But if they don't, try and catch the scriptures. We'll start with Ephesians 1 and verse 13. And what does Ephesians 1 and verse 13 say? It says that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going into the deep theology of eternal security or anything else. I just want to tell you that if you just commit your life to Jesus and do not try to pull it back, he'll never let you down. He'll never let you go. He will always do what is right for you, with you, in you, and through you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God has put his seal on you. You are special. You are chosen. You are amazing. You are designed by God for the purposes of God. Isn't that incredible? Sealed. Must move on. Verse 17. We read there about the wisdom. The wisdom. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The Holy Spirit comes to give you wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of your mind might be just opened. Let's move on. Chapter 2 and verse 18. And it says here that for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. The Holy Spirit, he opens doors. Isn't that wonderful? He opens doors. Doors and the best and the biggest and the most wonderful door is he opens the door to the presence of God Almighty. Now, if you don't get excited and dance on your chairs, I'm going to be very disappointed with you. The truth is, the Holy Spirit so loves you. The Holy Spirit so wants you to make it that he will open the door. And the door to the very presence of God access through the Holy Spirit. And then chapter 3 and verse 16, and just let me say that this is just snapshots. This is just snapshots. If you read Ephesians and learn it and let it get deep inside you, you're going to get so much more out of it than I could ever share from the pulpit this morning. So get in there and enjoy the journey. Acts chapter uh, 3 and verse 16, and what does it say here? It says, um, I pray that out of his glorious riches, 
he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Come on, come on. Strength and power in your inner being through the Holy Spirit. I am very weak, Pastor Paul. No, you're not. You can do all things through Christ. He gives you strength. You're not on your own. He is with you. No, he's not. He's not with you at all. He's in you. Huh? It's lovely to have somebody at the side of you, isn't it? But it's amazing when he, the Holy Spirit, is in you. I remember when Evelyn uh, was pregnant with Natalie, our first child. And we were on holiday together. And uh, she had a, a very nice cotton dress over her tummy and the sun was shining really hard outside and the church we were in on holiday was um, it, it was a Baptist church and uh, we were sat there and, and I glanced down at her dress across her tummy and suddenly uh, the, the dress began to dance do you know what I'm talking about And I did the most unforgivable thing. You should never do it in church. I burst out laughing. And I think you, some of you may know that when I laugh, it's not the quietest laugh in the world. And the people in front turned around and the lady looked at me. And that look will go with me to my grave. And I was so grateful that she wasn't my mum. I know one thing, I would have been a good boy if, I, if she was. Inside. I could only see from the outside. And it was wonderful. But Evelyn had this lovely little baby inside. The Holy Spirit in you is not a little baby. But the Holy Spirit in you wants to be active. He wants to propel your legs in the right direction. Is that all right? He wants to propel your arms to love Christmas and give away those boxes. Is that all right? He wants to propel the words from your mouth so that they fall as a river of love on the ears of a world which is dying to be loved. Is that okay? He wants to propel in you that motivation that allows you to see the need and to fill the gap. He wants you to become the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the voice of Jesus, the eyes of Jesus in compassion and love. He wants you to become the revelation of Jesus. See, when the Holy Spirit comes in you and fills you, you are not you. You are the child of God, manifesting the Father heart of God and reflecting the wonder of the love of Jesus our God with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit in you. Is anything getting through this morning? Oh, how exciting it is. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is not just with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. That's the end of the sermon. I'll shut up quickly. Can I just give you some headings because time's run away. Chapter 4 and verse 3. The Holy Spirit, unity. 
unity through the Holy Spirit. We need to stand together. We need to hold each other's hands, if not physically at the moment, metaphorically. We need to be united in the Holy Spirit, united in the purposes of God, united in the kingdom of God. We need the whole of the body of Jesus Christ to stand in unity and say, we are the family of God. We are the revelation of Jesus. We are, not I am, we are, because we are together. Quickly, chapter 4, verse 23. And you in the church this morning with me, or at home, you may just say, hey, I wouldn't mind a, a slice of that cake. It's renewal in the Holy Spirit. To be made fresh, to be made new, to have something happen that puts a spring in your step, that brings you to dance with joy, that gives you that incredible impetus to say, I'm not just an ordinary, I'm a special. I'm not just an ordinary, I'm a, because you are special. You're a child of God. You've been born twice. And when you were born again, you were born again into the family of God. You came from that wonderful, wonderful, miraculous womb of heaven. And you were born again. Oh, come on, get excited. I, I, chapter 5 and verse 9. This is where you start to change the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit's inside you, you start pouring it out. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. Oh, come on. Yes. Get excited. Love. Anybody want some? Joy. Anybody need some? Peace. Anybody hope for some? <laughs> Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and faith. All of those things show that you, the tree of life that Jesus made, are bearing the fruit of life because your roots are in the genuine and only tree of life. We are rooted and grounded in him, and we should be bearing the fruit. Let your good works be seen, that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's what Love Christmas is all about at the moment. But these fruits of the Spirit are special. Quickly, chapter 6, verse 17. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And this wonderful book, the Bible, which we perhaps have been reading for years and years and years, will never grow old and will never fade. And you know, sometimes it's just a joy to sit and think and meditate and recite to yourself those portions of Scripture which you know. Because a lot of Scripture, when you read it, it catches you. And those are the ones you memorize. Don't memorize everything. I have to be honest with you. I don't memorize an awful lot of Ecclesiastes. But chapter 3 is all right. I don't memorize a lot of the genealogy but I do know where Jesus came from. I, I don't memorize some of that stuff, but there's a lot I do memorize, don't you? And, and if I said John 3, 16, we'd all chant it out together, wouldn't we? And shout it at the top, for God so loved the world. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. The Holy Spirit is the sword 
And the sword is the word of God. And the word of God memorized and then shared will transform others. My last one. Chapter 6 and verse 18. And I would ask you on this one, this week, double up. Next year, quadruple up. The year after that, times it by eight. I can't remember the word for eight. The year after that, 60, what is it? Pray in the spirit. Pray, pray, pray. If you're not a person of prayer, start today. Pastor, I don't know very much about prayer. Then you don't know very much about breathing, do you? Because if you're a Christian without prayer, you're a Christian without breath. And if you're a Christian without breath, you're dead in your seat. Christians talk to their father. Christians live in relationship with he who is their life. And without him, you're dead. Pray. How do I pray? You open your mouth. No. You open your heart. Just talk. Just talk. Just share. Just say, thank you. That's a good place to start. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, you rose from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Just start there. Why would I start there? Because that's taking the cork out of the bottle. That takes the cork out of the bottle. Then what flows afterwards, well, it's like champagne. You shake the bottle, the cork pops off, and the champagne just goes, Inside you is a person who wants to talk to Jesus, wants to walk with Jesus, wants to serve Jesus. You just didn't know it. But when you start to pray, you change. And when you start to change, you change into his likeness. Prayer takes you on a journey from where you are to where he is. Oh, hallelujah. Prayer takes you on a journey from where you are to where he is. Pray in the Spirit. You'll possibly start praying in English. You might end up praying in ancient Greek. I don't know. But he knows. Because the Spirit in you is praying with utterances and groanings too deep for you to understand. You see, what you can't pray, he can what really hurts you too much to even articulate, he turns into an arrow of prayer that reaches the very throne of heaven. And within an instant, it isn't an arrow that comes back. It's a river of love. A river of love. The Holy Spirit is doing all this for you. And so we close. One, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, come on. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two, walk in the Spirit daily. It's your lifestyle. You've got to be a man or a woman who starts your day in prayer, walks in prayer, and knows the hand of God upon you because you've come from where you are to where he is. Lifestyle. And then number three, 
Well, I am constantly challenged, and I hope you will be constantly challenged. If we all lived like Paul, Peter, Timothy, the list is endless, what would be the impact of living that spirit-filled life, that spirit-filled lifestyle today? You, my dear friends, you could change this world. Yes, you could. Because it's not you, it's Jesus in you. It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit in you. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is not who you are. It is who he is. It's not what you have. It is what he gives. It's not where you were going. It's where you are going to go. When you join hand and heart with the Holy Spirit. It all starts with being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I can't close without praying for you. Would you allow me to do that? And I'm going to ask you all to stand here. And if you want to, stand at home. And I'm going to ask you to just lift your hands out in any way you want before God. I'm going to pray that he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray that he will anoint you with an anointing beyond your understanding. Empower you with power and wisdom in the Holy Spirit. Because you're not bigger than God. You're a lot smaller. And you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the power and the anointing of heaven. Lift up your hands and surrender to him. He has so much for you. Holy Spirit, we stand together this morning and we say to you, come, come, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit in this time of challenge. Come to our country at this time of challenge. Come to this church at this time of challenge. Come to us at this time of challenge. And prepare us for the future because the past may not have been so good recently, but the future can be amazing as we walk with you, as we talk with you, as we prepare with you, as we open our hearts to you, as we move from where we are to where you are, we shall see a miracle. But we need you, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I pray now, come and fill the lives of your children. Those who have never been filled with your spirit today, Lord, I pray they will be filled in a new way, that their eyes will be opened in a new way, that they will speak with other tongues, that they will move in the gifts of the spirit, that they will flow in the fruits of the spirit, and they will become disciples, discipling others, because your spirit is at work within them. Lord, I pray, let your spirit come, and let your spirit give this church and all our country too a new day. Lord, bless your people. Amen. The Lord bless you. And may his love and his power transform you. And may you be the miracle he wants you to be. Thank you. remain in prayer shall we we're going to be led in a song uh, just a moment or two but as we do so we have this opportunity to share in communion and you may have that with you if you know and love Jesus here at home uh, then we'd invite you to take part in communion and remind yourself 
even as we take of this bread, of this cup, we're reminded Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And I would urge you as you take the bread, take the cup and consider the death and resurrection of Jesus. Remember this same Jesus risen from the grave. He, he met with his disciples, didn't he? He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I would urge you as you take this communion and celebrate what God has done for you. Receive the Holy Spirit. So as we are led in song now, take, receive. Pray long when we go in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We praise God this morning. Amen. Amen. You're very welcome to go in His grace and please God go in the increasing power of the presence of the Spirit in your life. If there's anything that's been talked about this morning, even to what it is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you don't know about that, if you're here this morning, I'm going to be available at the front of the church. I'd love to chat with any of you. Online, we have hosts who would love to chat with you. We're looking forward to tonight and, and everything else we have over Christmas. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. Let Christ be born in you again. Amen. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.